there's a lot of leaders that I've met who are inspirational speakers, but their actions don't match. And when they don't match, you lose trust. And then when you hear them again, you don't really want to hear them again. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Egnall, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. My guest on today's episode of the Inspire Podcast is Shaman Muhammad Jr. And Shaman, uh, I, I'm even struggling to give justice to the many things you've achieved. You're, uh, I think I'll start with what brought us together almost 20 years ago, which is the incredible work you did to create Let's Stop AIDS. But since then, uh, you are a co-founder of the beauty brand Decium, which uh, has just grown to a global business, was acquired. Um, and then most recently, you're a, f- a founder of a new venture called Wood. So uh, lots to talk about, but let me just start by saying welcome to the Inspire podcast. Well, th- thank you, Bart, for inviting and thinking of me. Yeah, well, it's. Um, I-, I think our story goes back what, 20 years ago when you were in top 20, under 20? Maybe just talk about what first brought you and me into contact. Well, it, it was when I was 15. I was at a high school in uh, Toronto. There was no one at my high school talking at all about HIV. A lot of my friends were getting pregnant or STIs. Um, I wanted to do something about it. I wanted to take action. I started at trying to speak it over with my, my friends and they said, oh, there's other things to do. I started speaking it over with other individuals all the way through to my principal, um, who when I spoke to my principal, she, instead of being very supportive, she said, she chuckled and said, are you trying to start a scam or something? Huh. And it was, it was really that light bulb moment that I realized that I was involved with something that not many people knew enough about or wanted to talk about. So that immediately sparked a lot of media attention. Within a week, I was in the Toronto Star, the Globe and Mail, the National Post. Two years later, it escalated to, to Bill Clinton and Bill Gates. And, and in that time frame, just right when I was at the early stages of starting Let's Stop AIDS, um, I was recognized for an award called Top 20 Under 20 that recognizes 20 Canadians uh, who are focusing on leadership, innovation, and achievement. And I really felt that that, uh, that that award came at the right moment. It came at a moment where I was being recognized that young people can and still do influence what we can focus on on society, but that uh, it doesn't take someone with a wealth of education and knowledge to to get something to to kick off and 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 be be possible. And and that's also what brought. I'm glad you won that award because it also brought us together. We uh, I think if I, if I think back, the Humphrey Group had been providing some some complimentary training to the winners of that award and so you ended up doing some work with the humphrey group way back when (laughs) yeah and and, and bart you you may not remember but but a few years after that 
Your your organization has also donated support pro bono to Let's Stop Aid. That's right. We had six, we had six individuals that were going internationally on yeah. behalf of Let's Stop Aid to live and, and work in South Africa. And your team did as well, the training and coaching and mentorship. And, you know, for up to today, I've met some of those individuals who went in 2009. And they say that the the information that you learn from public speaking and, and personal speaking stays with you, like with them for their lives. So so it is something that you, you sort of have to see it as an investment if you, if you invest in how you storytell or invest in how you logically frame your thoughts. Uh, those individuals, uh, they, they, they're the prime examples of saying it's still living with them as, as we speak. And you really represent this kind of unique individual who has taken a different path, who, who hasn't been bound by kind of this, the predictable stereotypes uh, of what it takes to become a leader. You've made a huge impact and you've done it because you have just some incredible qualities when it comes to inspiration. And so I want to have you on the pod because I think people listening can really learn a lot from you. you. You think about inspiration, you think about communication in a unique way. And so I want to have you on just to talk about some of your thinking behind that. Let, let's just start with the word inspiration. You know, what is inspiration? Like, what does it mean for you? So, so inspiration is something that you're affected by multiple factors for, for most and the typical factor it comes from some sort of external source uh, whether that's a family friend a tv show a uh, world leader that you've never met um, inspiration can come from anywhere i know people who have been inspired by animals that they've seen at the zoo because it's, it's just the, the not just the ingenuity but the innovation of how they're able to do things so, so inspiration is when you get this this light bulb moment, where you start to to process that oh, this is something that I can incorporate into my life, into my schedule, and and it, you know that could be very small. It could be as simple as oh, I'll start rounding up when I buy a coffee, or it could be simply by every time I'm exiting a building, I may hold the door open. This type of bit may inspire that person that you're doing it to be like, oh, wow, uh, you know, they may have had a rough day, but it may also give them hopes of that uh, uh, there is a lot more good in the world. And not not every time you need to be inspired needs to be for positive. It could be to, to trigger light on some moments that no one is paying attention to. And I think for myself, like a topic like HIV, especially 19 years ago, yeah, it, it is it is still... And to this day, a very taboo topic, and it's becoming more more understood. But it, once you, you get out of a certain group, they, it, it's very difficult to understand. So let's talk. So inspiration, obviously, in the volunteer-led organization, in the fundraising capacity, in an advocacy work is critical. We'll come to that in a moment. But where are you at today, 20 years on from the founding of Let's Stop AIDS? What's worked? What's changed? And what are you still focused on? So Let's Stop AIDS has become a, a global youth HIV charity focusing on knowledge exchange and HIV prevention. We're still heavily volunteered, run, and driven. Uh, we've grown a lot. Uh, we've now uh, centralized to have um, a headquarters in Toronto that now has between 15 to 20 staff that are working exclusively on how can we end new youth HIV infections. 
when you realize and you work at a lot of other organizations in sexual health, youth is sort of a diluted topic of many things that individuals focusing on. So to have individuals just exclusively focus on young people relating to sexual health does get a lot more attention and narrative and a deeper understanding that you wouldn't normally see um, from other organizations or a level of care, uh, which which really has, has inspired our own team to, to really dare themselves to take action in terms of understanding that what they thought was um, the norm two is years it? ago has, has completely evolved. Hmm. So would you say, it sounds like in 20 years you've, you've gone global, you're making a big impact. There's obviously a lot of work to be done, but like, that's incredible, you know, and, and I think the other thing that's incredible to me is that you're still going. I mean, you know, I feel it's a lot yeah. of it. So, like, what keeps you inspired? We, let's talk, you talked about how, how things inspire, how, what inspiration is. How is it, how have you remained inspired and, and what's a challenging field to work in? So, I think a lot of my inspiration definitely comes from uh, the individuals that I'm, I'm surrounded by all the time. Volunteers, members who who share their personal story uh, with me. I feel like a lot of the world works through through open mindedness and vulnerability. When when individuals are able to to let a bit of themselves uh, and share a bit of themselves open mindedly, it, it creates this safe space where you build this trust, and uh, this trust ends up leading to better better understanding of each other and and. A lot of the way how the world still works is on relationships and and relationships are are not just as simple anymore as um uh they're not just as simple as they were before yeah so and and so the the relation you're right the world has become a lot more complex in terms of how we interact but the fact that you continue to to draw inspiration from people and from the people who work it sounds like it lets up aids and the people you impact for people listening, you know, let, let's say they're not working in a field that maybe has that kind of inherent, you know, higher calling or uh, virtuosity to what you're doing every day. You know, let's say you have someone who says, look, I, I believe in what I do, but, but I'm in, you know, a county or I'm in the bank. And so I don't feel that same calling in my work. What advice would you have to them for fueling their inspirational tank? I think inspirational inspiration doesn't have to come from some massive leader or 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 individual or a boss. It could be your colleague. It could be the person you work with. Like I've been inspired many times by individuals who who run, uh, you know, a coffee shop or or some other place. Just how are you able to focus on seven different orders all at once and not a single one up? It takes a, a, a ability to to process and and understand a lot of these these bits and uh i think that that bit that makes it extremely 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 unique can you give me an example let's get specific here of someone inside less stop aids and you don't have to use their real name who has inspired you in recent years to keep keep going and feel connected to the work you're doing I think a lot of it could be could be I, I can give uh, a couple examples. I would say one of them would be some of our volunteers. We have volunteers that are with Let's Stop Aids that joined us when when they were younger than myself when I started Let's Stop Aids and they were fourteen. And uh, to see their level of care and understanding and their growth with us 
has been inspirational because I can see how they will be applying this in the world when they become doctors, when they become lawyers, when they become global citizens. These individuals have been in many tough moments where they've been headhunted to join other charities and other organizations. And uh, that level of care, of respect of that we were the organization they work with and, and caring for us is is extremely inspirational because it shows that we are on the right path. We are doing something very unique and special, and we do need more individuals in the world that uh, that uh, that believe in this. In terms of our staff, I mean, the inspiration comes from from them already prospectively knowing the level of care and detail. I say to our team that when you receive a letter, when you receive a call, when you have a meeting with someone. They don't want to feel that they're just part of a uh, like a, a meat train. They want to they want to be able to feel like it was genuine and authentic. So I always say it's always better. And to see that type of transition uh, in my staff of like it doesn't always need to be based on the KPI, but also on the relationship because it's such a the thing about it and about relationship building and about you know any storytelling is you can read when a story was scripted. Uh, but you can also tell when there was a little bit more thought and, and, and mind to it because it feels, and hopefully it is, um, it is a genuine story where no story you hear is exactly the same. We've talked about like what's inspired you, Let's Stop AIDS, what's kept you going. I, I, but that's not the full story of your life. And I think one of the really neat things when we reconnected was learning about this whole other part of your life in Decium. And it's an incredible journey, uh, you know, challenging journey at some points for you, certainly, but one to be proud of and that your life is more more impressive because of the, the amalgamation of these different places that you've been in different roles and different relationships you have. So for those who don't know Decium, just give us the quick story and your part in it. Decium is unique. It uh, is the abnormal beauty company. It was created to to build transparency in an area where there was so much confusion, um, lack of understanding, untrue complexity, and DCM was made to shake things up. We started the company with the idea that that no, everyone tells you you can't do ten things at once, and we wanted to show that you could run ten different brands all at once and be very creative. We then innovated and got into the space of understanding that there was a lot of corruption in the beauty industry in terms of 300% margins and keeping things to be more transparent in terms of pricing, in terms of uh, ingredients, and in terms of general understanding. This led to a company that the, led to a movement, uh, an organic movement, where individuals were using products and saying hey it's affordable and it works and uh this this is getting momentum all the way through to celebrities and others and being part of that creation from right from day one when there was only three or four of us to now a company that has a thousand plus employees over pretty much all the continents minus antarctica it, uh, it it pretty much has left uh, a great part of the world where I know that the beauty industry is a little bit more transparent than it ever is because we've created this mentorship, this lack of standard that needed to be built that now has encouraged that entire industry to be more it transparent is. and just be good. It was built with, in partnership with one of your 
closest friends, Brandon, right? Um, maybe just talk a bit yeah. about that because I know he was a real, really ahead of his time in, in this vision. Yeah, so for sure. I think that if I did not start Let's Stop AIDS, I don't think I would have crossed paths with, with Brandon. Uh, Brandon is the founder of DeciM. Uh, he, he was a close friend of mine who passed away in 2019 and uh during that time we he never once treated me as if i were a a boss but it was more of a friends that we're going to do some really cool stuff and in this time frame we're just going to start this business do some great work and then we'll go off to save the world Um, this really transpired into building a very unique organization where today we're uh, the the team that is there really wholeheartedly cares about these issues. Yeah, and and you know the company is thriving, and I, I see the bus everywhere around around Toronto. So it's uh, it's great to see it carry on. When when we met to plan the podcast, one of the things you said that resonated with me was you don't have to take a predictable, stereotypical path in your career if you want to be successful. Yeah. In fact, you should embrace disruptive paths to success what does that mean so so there's there's two there's gen this is very stereotypical but there's there's two types of individuals there's ones who can can start an idea just with the thought and they don't know the plan to to get there and there's ones who must have absolutely everything planned out this includes team finances and plans i don't think the world can work uh, I'm, well I'm that one i'm that one <laughs> yes. and, and i don't think the world can work well with full extremes of either uh i think as being an entrepreneur you you have to sort of be open-minded to the unknown and the the risk of hey if i invest my time with a client I don't know if they're actually going to become, I mean, a prospective client. I don't know if they're going to become a client, but that's you as an individual understanding and seeing the deeper and, and long-term picture of where things go. I think for myself, I think that when I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs, some of them are always in a dilemma where they they have this this, this human nature, which is, is fear, the fear of it not being successful, um, the 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 worry that uh, what the community and individuals and I can tell you that when DCM started we met with some of the largest pharmacy chains in in the world and their advice was that uh, you can't price your items at this it's too cheap no one's going to buy it because it's not it's it's not in the range that people trust and if it's too cheap you don't trust it. Uh, So for us, if we had listened to any consulting firms, if we had listened to any external advice, and this is where you really have to believe in what you do and what you stand for. Now to to rewind, let's stop AIDS. It's gone through many moments where we've gone from having hundreds of volunteers to no one, where it's come down to just myself and maybe one other. This, This happens and it's sort of the circle of being an entrepreneur, whether it's for social causes or or for great things and then the only thing that holds you that keeps you hooked is do you believe in what you're doing and i always tell individuals who are starting charities who reach out all the time that do you really believe in the cause or is there an ulterior motive like med school lawyer school whatever it is and that's completely fine there are a lot of people who have made great charities and they've had it with different motives but the heart of it all they really did care about that cause where they understood that there's a deeper and greater picture to this so i'm guessing then you have for someone listening 
obviously you're starting a charity, you got to ask, do you believe, are you doing this? Are you driven to it? But how about someone who, or starting a company, how about someone who's, who doesn't intend to start a company? Someone who says, look, I want to be a better leader, but I'm happy. You know, I don't want to be a starter. I want to be a, a builder, for example, something exists. Or what advice would you have to someone who's not starting a company, not creating a charity, but wants to embrace this idea that there are multiple ways to be disruptive in achieving success? So, so on, a, on a typical area, you don't need to start something to be inspirational. You don't need to create something that's massive to create or identify change. So that could be simply if you're having team meetings and, and trying to create a more positive, positive attitude and atmosphere. To do that requires a bit of a, a gradual culture change. Maybe that's you trying to persuade your CEO through inspiration that it's or, or your team leader that hey we need to take two minutes to ask people how their weekend was or what they did because long run it will make everyone have a more happier unifying space. Um, it's this type of little type of micro leadership that ends up building something very 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 unique. Who would you say you know you you've had the privilege of meeting a huge number of inspirational world leaders, entrepreneurs, executives. Is there someone who stands out to you who took like you this non-traditional path to success and is inspirational to you? Who who would come to mind? I think there's a lot of my friends that that I've come across who have started things uh in in their in their time and I think I think as I said one of my my Okay, pick, is, pick one. Pick one. <laughs> Let's get it. I think to keep it consistent, I think I would say Brandon from, from starting DSEM, there was a sense of lack of fear okay. or confidence in the decision. To make that decision requires a lot of gut but thought. Mm-hmm. So when, when, when an individual makes a decision, it's a collective thought of uh, their, their experience, their upbringing, their values, what they've read, what they know. So to... to to be able to summarize and, and process all of this rather quickly, it is on its own very, very, very inspirational and something that I that I definitely look up to and, and look and, and hope and aspire that I could I could be on that same path. Yeah, and absolutely. And you know, communication. You've talked a lot about communication as being fundamental to inspiration. And let's just stay with Brandon for a moment. You know, how would you because I know he you know, obviously was non-traditional in how we pursued success, even in the very business model, as you as you point out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would you say when you look at someone like him? When you look at uh, his communication, how would you you know how how did he communicate inspirationally? The motive of uh, care and 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 openness. I think that that really does make a team trust you when your story matches your actions. Uh, I think that that really does lead to to leadership. There's a lot of leaders that I've met who are inspirational speakers, but their actions don't match. And when they don't match, you lose trust. And then when you hear them again, you don't really want to hear them again. So when when you, when you do speak, it's it's really important that not only do you add emotion and thoughts and understanding, because then you'll engage the room, whether it's virtually or in person. But then they actually the real trust and respect comes from oh wow they did say that they were going to reach out to all of us yeah. or, or take time 
have to have a one-on-one or they were going to try and start incorporating it really does make a massive difference and 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 they do say that action speaks way louder than words sometimes and, and i think that you want that you want them both to speak loudly yeah, and, I, and that they match. I, I know one of the neat things you've been able to do increasingly is this global advocacy work with Let's Stop AIDS. I'm wondering, you know, if we think globally, who would be a leader who you've met or an, a, a head of a public health organization in your overseas work who demonstrates that alignment between word and action? Uh, I think in terms of global advocacy, there, there's been it's it's a very difficult field that i that i'm involved with in the hiv space because in canada uh the space is very limited but for me in terms of local advocacy and inspiration a lot of my my uh my thought comes from some of the communities i've worked with for now almost 16 years of my life in, in south africa the resilience the uh, ingenuity of working with limited supplies to create something requires not just a drive, but going through a constant backlash of not inspirational situations. <laughs> and having to maintain that that commitment is, uh, yeah. yeah, in the face and, of that, that's got to be tough. Yeah. And, and, you know, no one likes to talk about it, but a lot of our, a lot of our work that we do, we, we may not want to do it. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Day, tell tell have, me more about that. That's that we're, sounds we're, counterintuitive. <laughs> we're we're still in a world where we still have to have oxygen to survive, which is to eat, breathe, take care of kids, family, and those around us. With just even that, sometimes that forces you to take jobs, opportunities, right. sessions, meetings uh, that you don't necessarily feel <laughs> wholeheartedly that you want to. So what I try to do and I tell individuals when they're in those situations is see it as a roadblock, just sort of like how Einstein took many steps to build the light bulb. We need to see sort of the same step when you're at these jobs or opportunities or meetings is um, what can I what can I do there that one makes us mutual and doesn't feel like we're we're using each other. So there was a long time a, a mentor of mine, actually thanks to Top Turn 20, who told me that Chairman, when you when you ask people for money, you scare them away and they'll just they'll just give you advice or some other way to get you away. But when you start asking people for advice, it'll lead you to money, maybe even their own money, because giving advice is something where it's it feels mutual. You're asking yeah. them to give a bit of themselves. You're actually training them to better storytell what they're, what they're up to, what they're passionate about. And uh, when a conversation gets dull and you can see someone is zoned out, it's because you've probably taken too much of the air. Interesting. I, I like that. I like the 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 idea of uh, first of all that if you're going to be out there, if you're going to be, and then I think it applies, of course, to aid work and advocacy work, but also applies to any job. It's not all going to be jazzy. I mean, there's going to be stuff no. you have to do to achieve what you're after that you might not enjoy and might not be successful. And I think that goes back to what you're saying. This, you know, what drives you, right? That personal DNA of motivation and inspiration you have. And then the second thing around communication, you know, it's uh, is really that sounds like you know you've come back to this word storytelling a lot as critically important. Maybe just expand on that. What is when you're if you were giving advice to people, you've talked about inspiration, you've talked about clarity, and taking different paths to it. What role does storytelling play in achieving your success? Storytelling lets other individuals follow your thought 
it lets you be open to let them be um, there to understand how you came to where you are. We are humans who were built on a beginning, middle, and an end of any moment you, you come to, no matter if it's you ordering a coffee all the way through to if it was you telling your friends what you did this weekend. So so to, to come with that mindset, I think it's it's important to see that we're we're creatures that are built on the idea of a book or a movie where we need to be warmed up to the topic, where we need to know what it was so pivotal at that moment. And then as well, we need to know if it's still an ongoing story that I need to stay tuned to listen, or is it something that did have a conclusion? It, it just it, we, we do it and we don't really realize it. It may simply be that we want to explain to someone the path that, hey, today we're going to go to this, this, and this, this place. That's you already explaining. But what you could do is that depth of like, you know, you may not have time to explain the reasons of each of those stops, but you could give a summary of like, today we're going to go cold shopping. And I thought going in this area would be great. So we're going to go to these places. It's something that you can do that not only will will make others understand, but also get excited, get excited for whatever you're doing. And uh, if if uh, anyone uh, listening has 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 little kids, you know that they're the most honest audience ever. <laughs> if it's true. They're not interested. They're not interested. That's and, right. <laughs> it, it's a great it's a great audience to practice your 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 physical. Your physical cues. That's true. Uh, are, you off, are you giving off open energy that is full of the, um, that matches what you're saying? Um, uh, I've met lots of individuals where their, their nonverbal cues don't match what's mm. coming out of their mouth. And you're someone who, you know, anyone listening, if you ever get to meet Shaman or l- see him in person, you're someone who just brings such a physical commitment to your storytelling. I mean, your eye contact, your energy, you know, I can just see you, it's like a full body experience for you when you tell stories and when you talk about what you do and what you love. Yeah. So, 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 so I think the same can come across, even when you speak about things you don't like, hmm. there, there is a sincere understanding of like, why am I today in this position of explaining today on our monthly corporate reports? There, there's a reason that you were you were trusted by someone to take on that role. And when they see that you value it, even if it's a short temporary thing, it sticks with them. And that, that we're humans fighting for fragments of others' memories. And you leave a little bit of your story into someone else's memory. At the most odd moment, that story will hmm. come back to them. Which yeah. has, has a long-term investment for you, whether it's with that company, that network, individual and your story obviously has lodged in the minds of people who are committed to ending hiv and educating people about it so and it's lodged in my mind and that's why it was so great to run into you all those years later and right away you know it it reignited my uh memories of you as an inspirational leader so shaman i'm so glad we ran into each other it's great that we can continue to support let's stop aids and and i personally enjoy our learning from you and your non-traditional path to success. So thanks for coming on the pod and sharing it. Thank you so much. Yeah, keep, Thank you, keep up what you do and uh, wish, uh, wish you all the best. Thanks. Hope you enjoyed my podcast today with Shaman Muhammad, an amazing story, someone who started Let's Stop AIDS 
at a very young age and continues to make an impact in the world. And even while doing that, has walked an entrepreneurial path in a really unique way. So I appreciate him coming on and hopefully you got a lot out of his insights as did I. We're getting close to the end of season five. Hard to believe. Next time on the pod, I welcome Dr. Greg Wells. Dr. Wells has been on the pod before. For those of you who are friends of the show, you may have heard him. He is a globally recognized expert on health, wellness, and human performance. He's written his fifth book, and he joins me to talk about it and share some very practical insights and tips on how you can energize yourself. So tune in next time. In the meantime, please leave a review for the show give it a rating, helps others find it. And thanks for tuning in to the Inspire Podcast.